Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Here we go on a Saturday into a Sunday, straight out of Vegas. Steve Cofield, R.J. Bell. Two hours tonight, guys, and we got two wise guys. Steve Fezzik, NBA specialist, Brad Powers, college specialist. And we are going to be starting our preview series, college football, not that far off. Good timing. Good timing. There were uh, 50,000, 60,000 people at different locales all around the country for the spring games today. But we uh, kick things off with the Vegas lead, and that is the first day of the NBA playoffs. We're about 10 minutes away from getting into Cleveland. Showtime! Yes. Woo! Uh, let's start out with Toronto. So Toronto goes out and beats Washington right on the number. Raptors minus eight. Beat Washington 114-106. And if you didn't know... Toronto was not real good in game ones leading into the series. Yeah, so Fez, we've got a history here. And and to me, whenever you get a trend which maybe doesn't have a ton, a ton of logic, this team wins on Thursdays. 
Now, if it's a number like 7-0, well, I'm not so bought in, right? As that number gets bigger and bigger, you got to start wondering what's causing it. Maybe there's something causing it that isn't as obvious. Toronto has a very specific bad streak entering today, and it was... 0-10 in Game 1s in the NBA playoffs. So to me... Unless they were getting swept or pretty much dominated in all those series, which they well, they were not, the Raptors, you got to figure, what is it about game one? Because NBA series certainly have their dynamics that ebb and flow. And Toronto, 0-10 straight up, that's a pretty big number. And entering or even deep into the third quarter, it looked like that problem was still there. Yes, and recent history, recent failings of Toronto in the playoffs is their starting guards. DeRozan and Lowry have not played as well in the playoffs as they have in the regular season. I thought that they'd be stepping it up here in 2018, RJ. i got to tell you, I have concerns. Okay, so if we look at the results today from DeRozan and Lowry, DeRozan 4 of 9. Now that certainly percentage-wise isn't a problem. Right? Yeah, it's fine. Well, it's average. Average. So that's no one goes four and nine and say that's the problem. I, I think it was Lowry <laughs> that was four for nine and DeRozan was the six for seventeen. That's interesting. So the notes have DeRozan and Lowry <laughs> and then the four and nine first. <laughs> I mean, okay. Now <laughs> I did do all right on that SAT, but maybe I wasn't thinking you about did things. better than I did, RJ. <laughs> now so six of seventeen it would seem, from DeRozan and Lowry, four of nine. So, I mean, looking at that, is how do you try hard? How do you try to shoot? Like, of all the things that effort is the driver of, like, oh, they're going to really give a good performance today. Is shooting one of those things? Shooting is one of those things like putting in golf that I think having lots of effort can actually hurt your bottom line performance. Yeah, so explain to me, so it was pretty much, it was a tie game late in the third. What happened from there where obviously the final score, an eight-point margin for Toronto, they pushed. By definition, they exactly met expectation. And the fact that they started slow, as history told us Toronto tends to in game one, to me, the story is more they were able to overcome that. They fell prey to it for three quarters of the game, and then they surged out and won by eight. That feels like the story more than, you know, when someone's 0-10 and then they win, it seems like it's a good story. Well, it's a good story for the Toronto bench, and we've talked about how deep this bench is versus any other year. It is awesome, even with one of their key bench guys, Van Vliet, out for this game. They hit 8 out of 13. Now, how long is he going to be out for? He's doubtful for Game 2. So he's likely, he'll, he'll be back by the middle of the series. But even without him, the bench basically won the game for them. And that's a concern for me because as we go deeper into series and deeper into the playoffs, the bench, as we know, tends to play fewer and fewer minutes. They have the bench advantage over the Cavs? Oh, yes. They got the bench advantage, I think, over everybody. Yeah, and, and, Miles and Wright was seven threes today, so that was huge. And as Fezzik mentioned... The theory is, and especially in recent years, as the playoffs have been spread out more and more with the TV and the way they want to make sure. So, I mean, obviously never back and back to backs, right? And 
it's pretty rare to even have, well, if there's one day off, it's at the same location, typically, right? So everyone's nodding, so that means yes. The <laughs> uh, Here's my last question. I was When I was doing a little preview of this series, it struck me, open question, John Wall didn't play in one game against Toronto. So looking at Wall, one, how did he seem health-wise, and two, how much potentially, un- how undervalued is Washington if everyone's looking at half a season without their best player, right? Now he's back, and no game against Toronto with him. It feels like this could have been a recipe for the stats guys not to properly account for the season is not representative of Washington today. Yeah, the stats guys are confused about Wall because the team should be much better with him. But there's a significant enough data. He played about half of their games, and Washington was basically as good without him as with him over the course of the season. But now the playoffs start. He comes out. He is all fired up. He's like, this is my time of the year. He was ready to go. And, he, <laughs> and his effort level and just you, you could see that he absolutely feels that his team can beat Toronto. All right, so you, right now, if Wall was out, you would downgrade Toronto. I would downgrade Washington by about... Oh, I'm sorry, Washington. Yeah, point and a half. Yeah, point and a half. So the stats guys, the sabermetrics say there's no difference. There isn't a downgrade. Right, but that was during the, the regular season that the sabermetric guys would say they're about equal. We know that when the playoffs come, it's time to switch it into a second, third gear and wall, and Washington definitely have a higher upside. Pregame.com, I'm R.J. Bell. Wrapping up, Toronto, Washington... It's a new thing. We did it on our podcast, Fez. After each of these games, as we talk about them, I'm going to ask you if you were forced to play Toronto or Washington, meaning one or the other, force play every game the rest of this series. Now, no one's going to do that. But what this answer is going to tell the listeners is where this NBA originator, Steve Fezzik, where are you leaning? Meaning as you glance at game two, the question becomes, are you leaning one way or the other? And other factors are going to potentially influence you, but what's your lean right now the rest of this series if there was a force play? Force play starting game three is going to be Toronto from that point forward. I'm worried Van Vliet's not going to come back for game two, and he's important enough, and he's a guy that doesn't move the needle on the point spreads, but he's important, RJ. And so that's the point, right? Tom Brady's out, market adjusts. Right, If Brady's out, I think the odds of betting on or off Brady uh, or on or off New England in the NFL, probably 50-50. But when you've got a guy that's a non-starter, a bench player that you think's valuable, then so you're saying staying away from Toronto game two with his absence. And pronounce that player's name again. Van Vliet. He played for Wichita State on their great team that was a number one seed in college three, like two, three years back. Philly, so it sounded like you had muted excitement with Toronto. You're a little cautious here in a one eight series. My God, Philadelphia though, no Embiid, one thirty to one hundred three, easily covering against the Heat. I mean, the starters got the job done. Redick was awesome. The bench, Ilyasova with a double double, seventeen and fourteen. Bellinelli and Ilyasova seven threes. You are fired up about the Sixers. Don't get caught up in recency bias though. 
I'm going to use your own terms against you, people. I, I think you starve the people. I, I think it's pretty correct to Am do I so. Something here. <laughs> well, 17 games of recency bias. So they they won 17 in a row. A lot of those were against cupcakes, granted. But the city of Philadelphia. The well, s- hold on a second. Are you? Re- it looks like you're reading from a napkin or something. Like he's all excited <laughs> about this. Like he was at the bar and he said, "I, I think I know. I'm going to intro this Philly." Last night on the show, Colin Cowherd and boys back in L.A., if we can get that ready again, let me know, <laughs> is Colin did a great job on the herd. Oh, the boys in L.A. are on it. They, they know fe- they're, they're hearing fe- <laughs> they're saying, wait dumb. a minute, this isn't too sharp, is let's take a little listen in to Mr. Cowherd breaking down, not who Philadelphia beat, but who the best player, the leading scorer was on the team of the teams they beat. During their 16-game winning streak, I'm going to read off the leading scores for the other teams they've beaten during that 16-game streak. Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, Wayne Selden Jr., I think he's my state farm agent, Rodney Purvis, Damian Lee, Spencer Dinwiddie, who I thought was in a Harry Potter movie, Anthony Tolliver, Torian Price, Michael Beasley I've heard of. I think you're getting the point. By the way, Sixers, you won't see any of these in the playoffs. And to me, this is a undercover factor for the whole end of the season when it comes to the tanking that we saw. I, I think we can agree we saw historic amount of tanking. And it's one thing to sit your starter, or it's one thing to sit your starters, right? It's another thing not to play hard. We were talking about Golden State. We'll be talking about their great performance today, but Golden State had a game uh, against Utah, if I remember. They lost by like 40. And after the game, Steve Kerr's going, well, I don't want my guys taking charges. It's like, well, wait a minute. It's one thing to sit your starters, but the guys that's playing, they should be taking charges, right? So, to me, Fez, as we're examining the Sixers, it's not just they played bad teams for the most part, this Sixers streak. It's the fact they were playing teams that weren't even playing their good players. So, what I'm going to ask you when we come back. (laughs) Think about this. Cool down during the break. I mean, you've got (laughs) the break to think about this. Regroup. You can call a lifeline, whatever. But the question is, literally, there was a Sixers team two months ago that was 110 to 1. Two months ago, you guys were strutting around with your Michigan 40 40 to 1 ticket. 110 to 1, much, much better. You have that ticket in your pocket? No. Okay. So what's changed in these two months? That's on the way. Straight out of Vegas, Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Straight to Vegas, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. RJ Bell is here. I'm Steve Cofield. Double wise guys. Charage with Fezzik and Brad Powers. Hour two will have a extensive breakdown. Looking ahead to the 2018 college football season. All right, back to the NBA playoffs. One game in the books, and we'll start to look ahead with the lines that are already set for game twos, but... Fezzik was getting all fired up about Philadelphia. 130 to 103. I don't blame you. It was exciting. They, uh, without Joel Embiid, just 
annihilated the Heat. You've had some time to think about it. You mentioned your first factoid was, hey, they've won 17 in a row. That means something. Yeah, and they've won seven in a row without their very best player, Embiid, who is likely to come back here at some point during their first round of the playoffs. They're going to be even better with them. So hold on a second. What are we handicapping right now? What's the story with the 76ers? Why? What's the story? Why have they gotten so good? That sounds so like good? a four-year-old walked in. What's the story with the 76 What are we handicapping right now? How did the 76ers get so good? Okay. That, so what does that have to do with some injured player returning? Well, the team is playing at a high level even without their very best player right now because of the improved play of everyone else, including Simmons. This so every, kid, everybody else is playing better. Well, Simmons is incredible now, and he wasn't that good early in the year, their point guard. So the reference point is exactly 60 days ago. Philadelphia was 110 to 1 to win the title. So $100 wins you $11,000. So now, no no tickets on Philly in here, right? Okay. Now, <laughs> no so, one not at that time. So what, <laughs> what, what at that point from there till now is it is it just what a couple people are playing better? I mean, explain it to me. Their bench is unbelievably good now compared to where it was. These guys Ilasova and Bellinelli, you got to like a guy named Bellinelli, RJ. Uh, he is just incredible shooting from three. It, it's like these guys have come out of nowhere. When I watched early in the year, right, I didn't so see I, these I'm, guys. I'm confused. So I totally get Ben Simmons. When I have a rookie, and officially a rookie, and he maybe hits a wall at some point, then he gets a second win, and he starts surging, whatever you want to say, I, it makes sense to me this player gets a lot better. I want you to name the second and third guy that you think are the most impactful to the Sixers. And then my question is going to be, is are these very young players that it would make sense that, okay, I get with Simmons, but a leap makes sense and th- that leap is something we can expect to continue? Or is it something we got a 27, 28-year-old, if that player is playing a lot better now than they were two months ago, I say go back to the, their career baseline and ask ourselves, do we expect this to continue? So give me the number two player, impact for the 76ers in this 60-day run. Redick. Redick is shooting tremendously well. <laughs> this, this is a good test case. Okay. so he averaged 23 points a game in April. He finished 17 points per game for the year. J.J. Redick is not a 23-point-per-game guy, and today he blew up. He had 28. So that feels like uh, regression is coming. Well, I don't think so. Wow. All right, so let's get this straight now. There's a, how old is Raddick? At 30, what? 30 something, we'll say. We 30, won't, 33. 33. He has a baseline last year, had a baseline for most of this year, gets hot now, but we think, okay, I wonder what's going to happen. What happened the last 60 days or what's happened the last 600 days? Hmm, maybe the 60. Go ahead. Bellinelli, a career <laughs> backup guy, is just incredible with the 76ers. And I think that Simmons is making everybody better here, RJ. All these guys that have been role players have come out of nowhere and are suddenly stars with Simmons running the show.
So now everybody's going to get better and stay. This sounds like uh, almost on Golden Pond or something, right? You you drink a certain, somehow you go into the, the fountain of youth and you come out and you're just better. Are you booked for Philly Radio early in the week? That would be a good spot. Because you, you know people in Philly are going to go, absolutely. They're going crazy. They won 17 in a row and they just annihilated Miami by 27 points. Well, listen, I would hope, for, I mean, I've done a ton of Philly radio over the years. They got to bring you on this week. I, I would Calm hope, down, everybody. I would hope, I would hope they would appreciate candor and the facts, right? <laughs> because, because if the answer is, I mean, the recent telephone poll there, it, it, it literally, help. it literally does sound like a child talking. Why are, is everyone else better? Because it's Ben Simmons, daddy. I've got his jersey. He's really good. I mean, but, but all right. I get it. I mean, in a way, if you're going to have any player that's going to make that difference, it's going to be a facilitator. But he just wasn't facilitating two months ago. And he couldn't shoot at all. No, his, I was being sarcastic when I said that. He, he could facilitate, but his <laughs> shooting was very poor, and his shooting has greatly improved. You do wonder if there's something But whoa, to, whoa, Hold on. Yeah. How does that help Redick? Because. Oh, oh wait. He, he gets more open shots because now they got to guard him? Ab- oh, absolutely. Do you even believe this? I do. However, let me caveat this. I, f- I do follow the West more closely than the East, and maybe that's why I don't have that 110 to 1 Philly ticket in my pocket, which I really should have had. So, what we've concluded here after all of this is you don't really trust your opinion in the East. Oh, I trust it. So, why are you saying? Why are you backing down? I think they're every bit as good right now, almost as Toronto and Cleveland. They're right there, RJ. When Embiid comes back, it's a three team race. Any one of these teams can win. So, let's build off of that. Because this will be something to follow. Have they played this well where the guards are pitching in because now they have freedom of movement and more of a flow without having to throw it into the block with Joel Embiid? This, again, goes back to the constant talk around the NBA. Are you better with stretch elements and having the ball move around or having a seven-footer down low who's going to pound the rock into the ground? Possibly, but they're going to be much better on defense with Embiid. He's a great defender. Yeah, I don't—I mean— is the debate? I, I think with uh, moderately talented big men, you could make the case their absence is is maybe addition by subtraction. But this is supposedly one of the you know brightest young stars yeah. in the league. I agree. Some of the ways they're winning now, the Sixers, they wouldn't be winning the same way with them. But I so Fez, it it strikes me that literally. And we were on the Dream Preview, and guys, every Wednesday a.m. during the NBA playoffs, we'll be doing uh, a deep dive on the status at that point of the season, or at that point of the playoffs, and you can uh, just search for R.J. Bell on your podcast player, subscribe, or my Twitter, at R.J. in Vegas, and get the uh, link every Wednesday. You had your power ratings, you do, Fezzik, your power ratings. In the NBA, how many points difference did you have between Toronto and Philadelphia a la Wednesday, a couple days ago? Two points apart. Okay. Now, there's this is the 83rd game of the season for Philadelphia today, right? 82 plus one. First playoff game. Yes. First, yes. Is uh, hard to fathom you've upgraded the Sixers. I popped them up half a point, RJ. Okay, so 82 games, and then one game pops them up. Yes. 
I felt an adjustment was necessary. Well, now, let's face it. The marketplace is bumping them more because if we, when we look at spreads, they're actually making an adjustment even greater than a half a point on this uh, matchup here in game two. I mean, explain that. Well, Philly was laying six and a half against Miami in game one, and now I imagine they're going to be laying at least seven points in game two. Okay, it, so- it, It's seven. It's out. It's seven. So Philly minus seven in game two against Miami. And I would make the case that, and this is probably a good time to talk about the zigzag, is probably the most dominant trend in the NBA playoffs is the zigzag theory, which is when a team wins, and obviously their opponent loses, and this is if a series continues, the next game you expect the team that won to be maybe just a little lackadaisical and... Even more importantly, the team that lost is going to feel a little bit desperate. And to whatever degree there was any more ceiling in the effort, you see it. And people might say, wait a minute, RJ. They obviously are going 100% every playoff game. Well, just think to game threes at home when a team is down 0-2. So lose game one on the road, lose game two on the road, game three at home. The amount of games that are won by that Game 3 home team belies anyone that's going to say there's no ebbs and flows of motivation. Now, here's the catch-22. For many, many years, you could really exploit the zigzag. If all you did, and there was variations of it, like if O2 is worth more than, you know, all the different ways to kind of think about it. But in general, a team that loses usually does better the next game. If you would have just done a variation of that for years, you would have won a lot of money, and a lot of people did. Finally, the market figured it out, and what you see is the lines being adjusted accordingly. So let's go back quickly to Toronto. So Toronto is a eight-point favorite today over Washington. They win by eight. So you would think, huh, they met expectations, uh, you know, eight again, right? Makes sense, right? It's seven. The line's out. You can go to pregame.com and click the game center. See the live lines right now for free. Line seven. How can a team win by eight? Game's at home again. It's okay now. Toronto might be a little lax. And obviously Washington is thinking, we don't want to go down 0-2. So one point adjustment for the zigzag. The fact that Philly won, the theory is, and you would say even more so if a team's going to be lax, it's a team that just dominated, all right? So you would think, well, Philly was six and a half. That's got to go down. No. As you said, Fez, it's up to seven. So I agree with you, meaning that it's not only the fact that Philly looked good and it went up a half a point. It's that typically it would have gone down a point. So it feels like the market is adjusting a point and a half. It's it's coming back from that point of zigzag and another half point. My only question to you, Fez, is that seems like the kind of recency bias we are always trying to exploit. So the fact that the hoi polloi, the unwashed masses, the fanny pack crowd, the fact they're betting the Sixers, don't we want to be looking the other way? Probably so. And we have to make a adjustment here of a point and a half. How much of that is Philly playing great? How much of it was Miami playing a bad game also? 
Next up, we react to the one upset of the day. Just came in in the last 15 minutes. Pelicans over the Blazers. But first, with the latest, Steve DeSager. NBA playoffs did open today, and Golden State beat San Antonio 113-92. Warriors led by 18 points late in the first half. Golden State never trailed in this game. Toronto at home beat Washington 114-106. Toronto the top seed in the East. Serge Ibaka 23 points and 12 rebounds. Raptors from three-point range 16 for 30. Philadelphia from three-point range 18 for 28. In a home comeback win over Miami 130-103. to Philly actually trailed at halftime. And tonight New Orleans held on for a victory at Portland 97-95. Anthony Davis 35 points and 14 rebounds. Michigan's Mo Wagner declared for the NBA draft. In the NHL playoffs, victories and now two games to none leads in the first round for Tampa Bay and Nashville for Boston and San Jose, which is won again at Anaheim tonight, 3-2. to two. Tomorrow, NASCAR race on Fox TV moved up to 1 p.m. Eastern time due to impending storms in Bristol, Tennessee. Kyle Busch earned the pole with his brother Kurt starting in the front row. Everything final in Major League Baseball. The Dodgers are last place at 4-9 in the NOS. Lost again to first place Arizona 9-1. Seattle and San Diego with wins. The Angels won their seventh straight playing in the rain and snow at Kansas City. 5-3 the final. Mike Trout with his sixth homer. And Sunday on FS1, Shohei Otani pitches and it'll be 35 degrees. Wins again for Pittsburgh and Boston. The Cubs scored nine runs in the bottom of the eighth to defeat Atlanta 14-10. Philadelphia won its fifth straight game. Milwaukee beat the Mets to end New York's nine-game winning streak. Games postponed due to bad weather at Cleveland, at Detroit, and at Minnesota. In fact, White Sox versus Twins, the whole three-game series this weekend snowed out. Back to you. Thanks, Steve. Breaking down the NBA playoffs, Saturday games as Philly... Takes out Miami 130-103, to 103, getting final impressions. Moving forward now in this series. So, Fez, you said something right before the news or the score update that I want you to clarify. You said, well, we got to adjust Philly because they played well, but then maybe we've got to downgrade Miami because they didn't play well. So whenever you have a score, right, in this case a blowout score by 27, you've got two teams, and... Sometimes you can say, well, you know, actually the losing team played the game I expected. It's just the favorite in this case played so well. Or you could say, you know, the favorite didn't really play better than I expected, but boy, the underdog stunk it up. So in this game specifically, how much of this Philadelphia winning by 27 over Miami was about Philly? How much was about Miami? It was about half and half. Very worried about Miami and the problems they're having chemistry-wise. Spolster, their coach, only played their big man, their seven-footer, Whitesides, for 12 minutes. We've spoken before about— Now, how much of that was is uh, problems where Whiteside might be disgruntled or whatever, or maybe he's injured, or who knows? And how much of it is what Cofield uh, very sharply from the square chair mentioned, hey, Philly's playing— without Embiid's a smaller ball. Yeah, and that's what Spolstra said, is that uh, Whiteside's too slow, and they have to match up. With he the said Phillies. it like that, too slow? He said it in politically correctly. <laughs> that he he clearly, was not a good matchup. He sent the message starting about 20 games ago. Whiteside's minutes have gone down, and Whiteside has been complaining constantly since. So there's more complaints after this game. Whiteside only gets 12 minutes. Remember, we like Spolstra as a coach, but now we got to worry, is there a locker room cancer in Whitesides and how that's going to impact Miami, and are they going to want to scratch and claw to win a game or two in the series, which now looks very unlikely that they can win. Because of one blowout. 
I've never seen one NBA game. <laughs> You're crazy. I'm serious. Yeah. I've never seen one NBA game. Do you have a 76ers series ticket in your pocket? Uh, I wish I had. Well, I I know after the fact you wish. I wish. I bet you bet you would have wished bet Philly today. But yes, I, I just I, don't I, understand how we're acting like this series is over. I, I the series is not over. I, well, I, I then have, why are you talking about like? Do they? I mean, really, what you just said was is you said Miami has a choice here, guys, and maybe it is telling about you know what their humanity is and what their character is. Do they get swept? Or do they fight and claw to win one or two games? It sounds like the series is over from that perspective. It's not over. But then when, why are you saying because things like Miami that? Because when Miami does get down 2-0, then so, I think it so will be game consideration. Two, so game two is a lock. We should bet Philly on the money line. You already know it's going to be 2-0. I do not know that. So you're making no sense. Let's start over. What's the, the line is seven and a half. Is, am I, or is that correct? Seven. Seven. Are you going to make your biggest bet of the year on Philly? I am not. Okay, so I'm I'm not sure. Cofield, does this make sense to you? It not seems much. like he's talking like it's, it's the a, series is over. It's very unusual for Fezzik. Not to beat you up, but you uh, you did mention 20 minutes ago about you know how now this team has to be considered one of the real players. Philadelphia, I'm talking about. I'm extremely high in Philadelphia, but RJ, you did a great job explaining the zigzag theory. And the zigzag theory says Miami is going to bring it off of a 103-130 in game two, not... The whole series necessarily, but the game two spot is exceptional for Miami. Will it make up for the fact that they're just not nearly as good as Philadelphia? We will see. Here's, I think, the key to this series. With Embiid out, and if Philly is playing small, then Miami's going to have to play small. Typically, a good coach with good players, or let's say team-oriented players, are going to understand, hey, I want to play if I'm a big man, but if it's better for the team not to play, I'm going to accept it. So it seems like Fezzik's making a good point, which is as long as Philly is playing small without Embiid, that not only are you taking off the floor one of Miami's best players, right, with Whiteside, but it seems like you're creating a potential disruption, locker room problems. So... I think that is worthy to look at. I also think, let's put it in our pocket, that when Embiid comes back, Philly's going to get upgraded. But if that allows Whiteside to come back, and still, Embiid's better, but if he, in that first game, if he's like, I'm going to make a statement, you've been sitting me, you've been sitting me, now I'm going to finally get to play 35 minutes, look what I can do, that energy might be very contagious and positive for Miami. So, listeners out there, I would put it in my pocket. First game, Embiid comes back, I wouldn't be so quick to play Philly because I think we're going to see a ton from Whiteside. And also, might be a great time to look at the props. And obviously, in the NBA playoffs, and let me ask you, Fez, is how widely available right now, if I want to bet over under Whiteside's points, very widely available? Yeah. Not very widely available, but if you've got five books, RJ, I would say maybe two of them would have that prop. Yeah, so those are a little bit more serious. I think that first Embiid game over in Whiteside, I mean, they'll adjust it up, but I wonder if they do enough. New Orleans takes out Portland on the road. Pelicans built a nice lead, held them off down the stretch, 97-95, only dog to cover, and win outright in the 4-5 matchup, so the five wins it. Anthony Davis was awesome. 
35 points, 14 rebounds, four blocks. And to me, you can't handicap the Pelicans and the Blazers without answering the question about Anthony Davis. So this is a guy a couple months ago (laughs) when uh, Cousins went down, stepped up his game. Now, Cofield, we were on, if I remember, I can't, was it Don't Bet On It? One of our podcasts. Don't Bet On It. We were saying, listen, I'm skeptical, right? Because if a guy is this far in his career, the idea that there is just a switch that's going to make him have a quantum leap. I know he's relatively young, but still, this is in his year, second or third year. I thought, okay, he's going to put that effort in for a while. Then he's going to drop off. Well, a lot of serious people said Davis was number two or is going to be number two on their MVP ballots. So monster game today. How right now do we handicap Anthony Davis? I think he sh- you could make the case he should have been the MVP the, his second half of the season, especially after Boogie Cousins went down. He was MVP caliber, and he's just a monster. He's so good defensively, RJ, along with the offensive skills. This is a guy that gets better in the playoffs because, remember, they got to control well, his on, minutes. Hold on. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is this the first playoff game he's ever won? He's played in three playoff series. He's won playoff games before. He's won playoff games but hasn't won a playoff series. I do not believe that he has. Okay. So, but you were telling me how good he is in the playoffs. Yes, but he's had he doesn't have any teams that were good enough to win. So why is he better, Anthony Davis, in the playoffs? I, because they can play him almost every minute versus better in the playoffs than the regular season just because of a minutes criteria. So he's young enough that he can just play, play, and play. Yes. Now, does that hurt? Is that something to get concerned about when, let's say, there's only one day off between the games? Oh, I think so. And you're always concerned, even with a young big man, I think a guard recovers faster than with only one day off than a big man does. So later in a series, if he has to go and with only one day off, that might may well be a concern. So my takeaway would be, it feels like this guy, Anthony Davis, is on a mission. And... I'm not anxious to bet against a guy on an individual game that's on a mission like this. Now, I don't have any desire on the flip side. I don't have any desire to bet like some long shot on the Pelicans. But I do think as long as we're seeing his energy level being this high, Anthony Davis's, um, this team is better than their yearly stats. Next game's already six, so it's out. See, this to me, this would be the zigzag situation, wouldn't it? Or what are the chances that Lillard and McCollum go out there again and combine to go 13 of 41? And what do they do in the first half? Yeah, one, they, 15? one for 15. Well, well, this is the ultimate zigzag. So let's think about that concept again. Is Blazers just got beat at home. If anything, it's like, okay, you're going <laughs> to have to upgrade the Pelicans and downgrade the Blazers. And the line was five, Portland. Now the line is six. Why? <laughs> because the stakes have gone up. As much, what are the consequences? And maybe that's the best way to think about the zigzag. Is how potent is the zigzag? Answer this question. How consequential would a loss be from the team that just lost? All right? So if you go down 0-2 at home, it's pretty much over. Right? So this is one of those kind of all-in games and the line shows it because the line's gone up from five to six, even after that home team lost the game. 
Boy, Vegas was all over Golden State against San Antonio on the series price, and GSW delivered without Curry today by 21. We'll address what that means going forward in that series on the way here. Straight out of Vegas, Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Back here on Straight Out of Vegas, brought to you by Granger, the products and services you need when you need them. Granger's got your back to help keep your facility running. Granger, for the ones who get it done, Steve Cofield, RJ Bell, Fezzik. Brad Powers up in just a couple minutes on the uh, college football weekend that was with the spring games, and we'll look ahead to 2018. One of my goals at pregame.com is to have a guy that's sitting in on straight out of Vegas. And he's just on the computer checking everything we say to make sure. You know, like PTI ha- has that. That's what we need. We did catch one. It's true. Anthony Davis, this was his first playoff win. So it wasn't. Obviously, if you don't win a game, you can't win a series. I think they were only in one series and they got swept. So clarifying that. Pregame.com. I love that. Golden State, the biggest winner of the day. Well, uh, they won by 21. Technically, they weren't the biggest, but just smashed a traditional power in San Antonio. And you guys can fill in the the casual fans and betters out there. Uh, this number exploded for the series. The, the betters, and I'm that had to be sharp driven, right? For a number to go from like minus 550, minus 600 for a series on the GSW side to upwards of 1400. I saw 2000 out there on the series. Yeah. So Fez is uh, as good as anyone at reading the market. Now, the Houston. Now, this was gone fast, but the Houston series was in the minus 14. Let me think about this. What did I see initially? I saw even below like a, a 1400. And obviously, that's a big number. So $14 wins you a dollar. But that one exploded too. So, Fez, what did you see? Obviously, people were betting the favor, but it's unusual to bet a lot to someone willing to bet $14 to win a dollar or $20 to win a dollar. What do you think was moving both Golden State to win the series and Houston? It was the pros betting. The public won't lay 14 to make a dollar, so the pros thought Houston's going to win this series way more than 92% of the time, so they laid the minus 1,400. And we always talk about it, and we will be touching on, in hour two of Straight Out of Vegas, the Golden Knights up 2-0 now. And Fez, I thought last week, had a amazingly good best bet or bonus best bet, if I remember, on how we can approach the Golden Knights and actually bet against them because Vegas is scared. The Golden Knights, certainly, if they won the title, would be the biggest hockey loss in history. So what happened in this one? It's a 21-point win. No Steph Curry. Thompson comes out. He has a very good game. He and Durant combined for... 51. Was there something wrong with the Spurs or the super-inspired GSW? Super-inspired GSW. They've been coasting for the past month. I think one stat sums it up. They won the rebounding 51-30. to 30. Rebounds are almost all about effort. Golden State had that effort. And the Spurs may have used up a little bit too much energy to get just into the playoffs while Golden State was coasting for a month. Now, I agree with Fezzik's assessment of game one, I think there's a real opportunity for San Antonio in game two. And here's my thinking on that. On the on the herd, there was a NBA expert. I can't remember who it was, so I apologize. And he said he liked the Spurs to win the series. Now, when I hear that, I'm getting skeptical, but I'm like perking up a little bit. And his rationale was without Curry, Golden State struggles to get pace. Thus, if you don't have pace, you're playing more half-court. 
And his rationale on the herd was with half court, it was a situation where San Antonio would have a big advantage. So, Cofield, I think when we come back here, we're going to go into tomorrow's games, including the Cavs and handicap those. But I think there might be an opportunity in game two on the Spurs. We'll see what Fezzik thinks. Yeah, I want to play on this one way or the other. The Spurs are getting 10. 10 in game two. And yes, we will address the Cavs. Are the Cavs a lock to make the finals? That's on the way. Straight out of Vegas. Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Another hour is here. You heard it. Steve Cofield, RJ Bell. Hour number two, baby. And we got two wise guys. Steve Fezzik, NBA specialist. And this hour, our first of a weekly series of college football. The old pigskin previews. And where are we going to start? The SEC. I would have said Big Ten, but Brad said SEC, so <laughs> SEC it is. We're going to look ahead to the Sunday slate here inside of 10 minutes, but uh, we were just finishing up on the Saturday slate of games, and the favorites, not as big as they were before the season, though. The Warriors. Only plus 140 coming into the playoffs to win the title. And today they send a message without Steph Curry over the Spurs, 113-92. So where have you guys arrived here for Game 2? Because yeah. now the line's even bigger. Now it's Spurs getting 10 in Game 2. Yeah, we were huddling up here. This kind of reminded me of when this very same crew huddled up after Michigan, won in the semifinals of the Big Ten tournament. And they said, you know, this 40-1 to looks good. And Fez had a $16,000 ticket on Michigan. In all the five boroughs, I'm known. I'm known all over the world. Now, unfortunately, Derek Stevens, casino owner, had a million-dollar ticket. So Fez didn't necessarily get all the publicity he should have, (laughs) but he did hedge out fully. I think you made more than Derek did on the game or on it because he hedged just a little bit. And, oh, by the way, we mentioned it last night. Derek Stevens was at the pregame.com offices this week, did a 90-minute Vegas Truth podcast with me. We talked about why he hedged, how much he hedged, his excitement the night when he was one game away from the million, and also sort of the secrets of running a casino. I was fascinated. Which machines he puts where. You know, he know he figures people going to the bathroom are maybe drunk more, so put the Machines with more glitz and glamour near the bathroom. No, I made that up. But that actually makes a lot of sense. Can I but tell he, you, he, he's, not, he's not fooling around when he says he really thinks about where the machines are. I actually tweeted out a picture hanging out at his casino, the D, about a month ago. And it was not of me. It was just of the machine. And he could pick up the area. He knew exactly where it was and then responded on Twitter. So he knows every freaking machine in that casino. And he was, let's be honest, he was reticent about sharing the secrets, but I kept digging and digging and got some good ones. So check that out if you're interested in that at all. So, Fez, I love San Antonio in Game 2. So the line right now is 10. Now we talked about, so Golden State favored by 10, Game 2 in Golden State, Monday night. We talked about how the zigzag. What's the zigzag is if one team wins, well, the next team, that was the zig, the next team or the losing team tends to zag and do better in the next game. And we saw it with Toronto. Won the game by eight. The line was eight. And now in game two, the line's seven. Why? Because they expect more out of Washington. Now, Golden State won. You would expect more out of San Antonio. 
line was eight in game one, now in game two. It didn't drop down to minus seven. It went up, RJ. Two points. It's minus 10. So it's almost like a three-point adjustment. It should be seven based upon zigzag history, and it's up to 10. By the way, I got an amazing stat about the Spurs. Amazing. Last seven games, counting Monday now. So this will be the seventh straight game. The seventh straight game that San Antonio has been an eight-point underdog or more in the playoffs. So seventh straight playoff game, eight-point or more underdog. In the prior 15 seasons, San Antonio, zero times an eight-point underdog. Zero times. In 15 seasons, now seven straight. Which tells you what? That this is a team living <laughs> a on very reputation and people well, are betting. It's are they v- betting the old Spur mystique? It's a very different team. Yeah. So no one else in the world has that stat, by the way. Well, that was great. You thought that was so? great. Oh, I just wanted to react to it. I want, let's get a Once conclusion again, out of that. It is R.J. Bell. <laughs> I know Stephen A. So if you did that, I know yeah. Stephen A. Trump. I mean, if you didn't, you know, yeah. it didn't seem like you really wanted to give me proper credit. <laughs> So, Fez, I mean, this feels like to me, and we were talking about on The Herd, the NBA expert talking about without Steph Curry, the pace gets way slowed down from Golden State. They're a very good team still. But if you got Durant taking up, did you watch the whole game? I did. Uh, Who was taking up the ball for Golden State most of the game? It was Thompson was, you know, and and their point guard that they barely use. Okay, so Thompson was taking the ball off the court more than Durant. No, their point their point guard was bringing it up, and then he was giving it to Thompson, and then to and Durant. how would you characterize the pace? Slow, surprisingly than, slow. Okay, so the theory is if Golden State's playing full court or or let's say full court pace, a faster pace, San Antonio is going to struggle. But if it's going to be a half court game, I'm not saying San Antonio is the better team, but boy, you would think. They have a much better chance. So now we're getting seemingly three extra points of value, getting 10. And the idea that we have proven that Golden State's pace is going to slow down, but they happen to just shoot very well today. And again, Golden State could always shoot very But would we agree, if I had to say what was the differentiator in Golden State looking so good or winning by so much, how much of it was Golden State and if it of that percentage, what was it? Was it the shooting? And how much of it was San Antonio having a bad game? I think two thirds of it was Golden State absolutely out hustling San Antonio, being fresher, having had basically a month off, and we saw that rebound differential plus twenty one. Okay, so the question becomes: Does Golden State slip back a little bit into into their lethargy, thinking, "Oh, series one is easy. Let's start resting up for series two." You're getting 10 points, man. I think everything points to the Spurs. So this is really a value play to get specific against those two point guards, Quinn Cook and Sean Livingston. Simply said, they're not Steph Curry. And it's not just they're going to play not as well as Steph Curry. They're going to play a different style of basketball. And the style they're forced to play without Curry slower helps San Antonio. The fact they did it in game one is what presents the opportunity in game two. Game of the day on Sunday is Indiana and Cleveland. The Cavaliers are six and a half. The Cavs didn't have a very easy time losing three or four against the Pacers during the regular season. So let's set the scene here. First of all, we're hearing a lot of talking heads, RJ, 
the Sports Talk Radio guys like myself who are saying, LeBron always makes the finals. He's a lock. Vegas by the numbers, they ain't a lock. No. And the joke I've been telling on air is, amongst the talking heads, the question is, is Cleveland a lock or a mortal lock? Because no one seems to be giving anyone else much chance. And again, everyone's saying, oh, the Sixers have exceeded expectations and we expect them to, you know, kind of maybe even make the conference finals, but they can't get over LeBron. Okay, maybe. Here's what we know. Right now, or at least entering the playoffs, and Fez, I don't know if you saw any adjustments in the Eastern odds in the last 24 hours, the Cavs were plus money. I mean, plus 110, just a smidge. But when you take the VIG out, remember, whenever you see like a plus 110, it's far less than 50%. It's the true odds, because that's assuming where that plus 110 has the commission built into it, right? So to me, you know, the what the... What the market is really saying there is less than a 50% chance of the Cavs making the finals. Agree, disagree? Agree, and I think it's actually significantly less than 50% in contrast to what the media is saying. Yeah, and I think the media, and when we put the odds, I, I always like on Twitter, to me Twitter is the hoi polloi. Twitter is the the unwashed masses because no one has to, you know, very few people are using the real names. Very few people are ever going to meet you. They're telling you what's in their deepest, darkest heart, the pit of their stomach. It's not always attractive, let's be honest. It's like, oh, my God, I should mortgage my house to bet the calves. So the public is betting the calves like crazy. The market's saying, come on down. And remember, guys. I could not give you a more important commandment of betting, a rule. If the bookies are offering a number on a bet that the public wants to bet, that means they want you to bet it. Think about it. Who's the average fan want to bet in the East? It's the Cavs. The fact that people look at the odds and say, wait a minute, I'm getting plus money? LeBron's an underdog? Yum, yum, gimme, gimme, gimme. Well, the book could easily make the Cavs minus 140, right? A lot of people would still bet the Cavs at 140. The fact that they're betting even more at 110 means the bookies want you to bet Cleveland. Doesn't mean they won't make the finals. It just means that bet in the long term is probably not a good one. So the number in game one, six and a half, where are we going? I feel like like with Golden State, this is a statement game. So if there's any game, I, if you told me, RJ, you've got to fade LeBron every game, this entire playoffs, and this is game by game against the spread, but you can pick one game not to fade him, it would be game one of this series because I think he wants to make it. Because imagine if they lose this game. They still would be huge favorites, the Cavs, to win the series, Right. But what would the papers be saying? What would Clay Travis be kicking off the day on Monday with right here on Fox Sports Radio? Is this oh is is it over for LeBron? I, but if they win by twenty five, what's the narrative? Uh, see, just like Fezzik went with Golden State, he said, "See, they've been wet coasting." Now, if Golden State had lost today, what would you have said? Maybe I, all that coasting is the problem, right? I'd say Curry's. 
even more important than we thought he was. Yeah, and maybe that you can't just flick it on like a switch. And can we really say Cleveland's been coasting, though, when they were in a fight for that number three Were they seed? fighting? It, 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 it looked like they weren't fighting too hard. It looked like a thrown fight. Right? <laughs> well, what happened is Philly won 17 straight games. Cleveland yeah, started but I mean, every, everyone that likes the NBA watched the Friday, or at least some, I watched the end of the Sixers and Cleveland on Friday night. Did you see it, Fez? I did. Made up that huge 30-point deficit. Yeah, and at the end, when Philly won, I, I was struck by this. And listen, this is getting old. Meaning, I'm going to be uh, kind of like Cofield is on our Don't Bet On It podcast. He has, at the end of the podcast, no matter how long it goes, and it went two hours this week, he still has his get-off-my-lawn rant, right? Old man rant, rapidly approaching 50, Steve Cofield. But, but, I'm going to say it at least one more time. LeBron was laughing like the game was over. And and Cleveland was a big underdog to get the three seed after that loss on Friday. And we had the stat last night. Since there's been seeding in the NBA, I think it's 35 years or so, only one time has the champion been worse than a three seed. So when And it was the 95 Houston Rockets. So when Cleveland dropped to the four, and I'm not saying they're thinking about those stats, but man, you think, how many four seeds are winning? Like, why do we want to be a four? And after that game, he was laughing like someone just got married. Did anyone else see that? It's like, I, I get it. When you're as good as LeBron, you know, you can say, you know, if, if um, Howard Stern shows up three minutes before, you know, before air and hasn't prepped, well, he's Howard Stern, right? LeBron's LeBron. But boy, it, it, the idea they were fighting down the stretch, I don't think so. I think the statement begins... To, uh, tomorrow for the Cavs. We got three more Sunday games to break down. Speaking of fighting, OKC had a fight just to make the playoffs. You wonder what they have in game one against Utah. That's on the way. Straight out of Vegas, Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Straight out of Vegas hit the NBA playoffs. Three more Sunday games to get to. And we made, if- we made an audible. Right, we were going to talk about Boston Fezzik. Now this guy gets more text. I mean, it's nonstop. Right now he's married, so we know it's not the gals. And he usually, after he gets a text, you see him on his phone making bets. He said, "We're calling an audible." He was going to make another one of these games a best bet, but now because of some late breaking info, Boston Milwaukee is his straight out of Vegas best bet. That will be. At the end of the hour. Coming up in about 20 minutes. So Utah is in Oklahoma City. All-star power with OKC. But first, let's concentrate on Utah. The Jazz have not gotten enough attention for how they played in the second half of the season. Just monstrous numbers. 29-6 and six straight up. The quietest 29-6 and six you'll ever see of an NBA team. It all started when their big man, Rudy Gobert... He's the seven foot two center, the monster, the goalie underneath came back. This jazz team has been playing at a very high level. Okay, see, I, if you would have just told me and I saw that stat floating around twenty nine and six, I was impressed by just that. The fact that it is correlated to the return of one of their key players. It's the same thing we argue with Houston, and we'll talk about that game next. Is when they have their big three, how good they are. It's not just random. Oh, from this day to this day. No, it's with these players. With 
Gobert, Utah, thir- or 29 and 6. Wowza. They're underrated right now for sure. For sure. But here's my question in this game. Even bigger, I think, is Russell Westbrook. He probably is the single biggest individual effect on any game except LeBron. If you really think about it, and you said, a genie came down and said, I'll tell you how a certain player is going to play, Fez. I would like to know how LeBron's going to play because he dictates Cleveland more than anybody. But if I could pick a second guy to know how he's going to play, good or bad, it'd be Westbrook. I think he has the most effect, good or bad, on his team. Would you agree? I would agree. The problem is determining how is he going to play RJ. And I've got an idea, Cofield, on game one here tomorrow. And I think it's going to be not a good game for Westbrook because off an MVP season, really hit a Hail Mary. The the program did, OKC did, getting that trade from the Pacers. I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, it's rare to get, even for one year, a player that good in a trade. The fact that they so underperformed. Colin Cowherd said if they hadn't made the playoffs and it was close, OKC would have been the best team talent-wise to ever miss the NBA playoffs. And I think that's probably true. I've been thinking. I can't think of anyone else. A lot of heat. He ended up having a career-defining moment on Wednesday. The fact that he is the only player in NBA history to average a triple-double two straight seasons, that's the kind of stuff in 40 years they're going to be talking about. Are we? Or is it going to be a negative? Because that's what it turned into. It did. It, and and you're, you do 15 hours of local Vegas talk a week and other national things. What was the fan narrative out there? Oh, I don't think it was the fan narrative. I, don't think the, I think this was clearly a hot take week where people just chose to make a negative out of something that is ultra positive. We're, we're, we started questioning his motivation and his effort. Like, his effort was too much. Like, what? How can you be playing too so, hard on so the floor when you say, unless you're playing when you hero say, ball? When you say... I did collective media when I said we. No, no, but when yeah. you say questioning his effort, meaning that maybe he's trying too hard was the question. Yes. Wow. In the NBA, mind you. <laughs> I mean, you, you can try too hard, and that's the factor in this game. If you play hero ball... Now, we're not talking about your dating life, Yeah, If you play hero <laughs> ball... <laughs> and you're not involving your teammates, that can be a negative. And that's the question going into this first game. Is he so fired up? He probably pays attention a little too much to the media. Is Westbrook going to be so fired up that it's actually going to be a negative? I think so. Because we've been talking about statement games. We said we're not fading Cleveland. Because one, the number's a little shorter than we expected. And number two, LeBron's looking to make a statement. Golden State made a statement in game one. Are they maybe not so anxious to make a statement in game two? You can't always make a statement. Or it wouldn't be a statement. It'd be the baseline. Okay. If Westbrook is looking to make a statement, and I think if there's any player that's going to respond, you said it well, it's him. When I say he's going to respond, and you said it well, meaning he's going to aggressively have an emotional reaction, what does that mean for Westbrook? It means more effort, more intensity, which probably means more shooting, probably means more criticism, of his teammates, I think that game one especially, I'm looking to fade OKC because I think there's a 50% chance Westbrook lays a massive egg. Let me see if there's a betting tip here because you're great with the numbers. Since Utah is not the public team and OKC with the Stars is the public team, is there enough money bet on a Sunday afternoon game? It's the third game of the day, so people could be chasing where the number doesn't stay at three and a half and you actually want to wait to bet the Jazz. You should, you should get 
This should take up, right? I think it will. It's a great point. The public team is OKC. They got the big three. No, no one on the public wants to bet on Utah, so let's wait and probably get our best number as the game approaches. Yeah, the more I think about this, I'm probably taking off the rubber band, taking Utah. And to recap, reason being Utah underrated since Gobert came back 29-6, and six, and we think there's a real chance, not a certainty, that all of the hubbub leads Westbrook to play to try to do too much. And that's the problem Westbrook tends to have. I think it's exacerbated by all the jibber-jabber, as Mr. T used to say. Next game, final game of the Sunday slate. Don't kill me on this one, but I'm going to draw a comparison between the Buffalo Bills and the T-Wolves. Do you see where I'm going here? No. Bills made the playoffs, right? Remember how big a party it was? Right? Ah. We finally made the playoffs. Ah. Do the T-Wolves have a little hangover effect? I mean, they're catching a lot of points against the Rockets with 11.5. So, Fez, let's do the same approach to this game. Your number one handicapping factor, Houston favored by 11.5 at home against Minnesota. I think it's Cofield's point, the hangover from Wednesday night. It was for all the marbles, the playoff bid on the line, Minnesota fighting with Denver. The game goes overtime, RJ. They win at home. I'm sure there was some partying going on late Wednesday night in Minnesota into Thursday Just happy to be in the playoffs. Contrast that with Houston. Well, the one team that's been coasting more than Golden State, it's Houston. They'll be ready. And right now, I mean, the money on the Rockets in the series. And I haven't updated this for 24 hours. It might have gone up more. Last check, minus 2,700 on the Rockets. So $27 to win $1. 27 to win one if the Rockets advance. Not giving Minnesota... Very much credit here. Let me ask a question, open question here to the round table. By the way, pregame.com, this is straight out of Vegas. I'm RJ Bell, and we're talking Minnesota, Houston. Let's talk Minnesota specifically. A lot of people love this team. right? Jimmy Butler, some people are like, I've heard guys I respect say Butler is the fifth or sixth best player in the NBA. Does, I mean, does that sound crazy? <laughs> yes, it's crazy. You think? Where do you put them? Uh, I don't. I don't have rankings in front of me. I don't think. But you, you know, can, it's crazy. I don't think you can have a Is guy top fifteen. I don't think you top fifteen. I don't think you can have a guy top six who can't shoot from deep. Okay, so ben, ben Simmons can't ever be top six. But Ben Simmons does. First of all, Ben Simmons may <laughs> learn to shoot from deep. I don't think. But Butler's as of ever right now, there. and they're different positions. Okay, when we're so, talking about a you know a okay. transcendent six ten point guard, uh, magic like Matt. Well, I like magic. Uh-oh. Fez, where, where do you put Butler? I would put him in the top 20, but I don't know if he's completely 100% healthy. Remember, he was out end of February until just about a week ago. Okay. Now, if you run down the list of the other T-Wolves, I mean, if this were a draft, you know, you get all excited with talent. I mean, this is a hyper-talented team, Minnesota. What? And they got a coach that was entering the year. Thibodeau considered what? One of the five or six best coaches? Maybe during the regular season. Okay. And they just slipped in on the eighth seed. So the point I'm saying is, what's wrong with Minnesota? Well, Jimmy Butler was out for six weeks. What's wrong? But you're saying here, you're, at, you're leaning towards lane 11 and a half with Houston, which means there's something wrong with Minnesota right now. Well, it's what's right with Houston. Okay, Houston's so, a juggernaut. Okay. Cofield, let me ask you the same question. Maybe I'll get an answer. <laughs> is this team... A lot of people were saying surprise. I mean, I would say the following point. 
76ers entering the season, Minnesota entering the season, would you say that one or the other had a ton more optimism? It felt like both. There was very similar that like these are very young teams with a ton of talent. Mm-hmm. It could break through. Hey, it was playoffs for Boston. Let's get to somewhere around 45 wins. So the fact that Minnesota had a significantly worse season than expected, which, what do you attribute that to? That Minnesota had a worse season? Yeah. No, I'm saying I thought Minnesota actually met so you, expectations. So you year. think coming in... Oh, I didn't think the, they were going to be the, the fourth. I didn't think they were going to be the fourth or fifth seed. No, I think this. So is you about, think this Minnesota? So the idea in round one, they're going to be <laughs> uh, twenty seven minus twenty seven hundred underdogs. Is I mean, boy, this feels disappointing. If I'm I think, a Minnesota I think, fan, I, I think Fezzik made the point. It's the juggernaut aspect of the Rockets. They're, they've been just so damn good. <sighs> But somehow Golden State's better. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It just feels like I don't know. Here's the thing, and we got to go to the scores. Here's what I don't understand about the NBA, and I'm trying to understand it. If you just, if this were like a fantasy type or a computer simulation, it feels like the players on Minnesota, like Minnesota has one of the best rosters in the NBA. So the fact that they just made the playoffs, it feels like something. Was wrong. You know what we'll do during the break is let's look what their season win total was because I'm thinking they went under. Ralph Irvin's got the latest. Well, thank you very much, gentlemen. And we will begin actually in the NHL. Vegas off tonight, but they do have a 2 nothing lead over the Kings in their first round playoff matchup. The winner of that series will take on the winner of San Jose and Anaheim. Well, the Sharks were 3-2 winners over the Ducks. San Jose with a 2-0 lead in that series as they head back to Northern California for Game 3. Nashville takes a 2-0 lead over Colorado. They beat the Avalanche 5-4. Tampa Bay 2-0 up on New Jersey. They beat the Devils 5-3. Boston 7-3 over Toronto. They lead that series two games to none. Online car shopping can be confusing. Not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car, so visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. In the NBA playoffs, New Orleans takes game one over Portland, 97-95. Toronto, a 114-106 winner over the Washington Wizards. Philadelphia beats Miami 130-103. The Sixers with 18 three-pointers in the win. And of course, Golden State took out San Antonio 113-92. And guys, you talked about the Spurs and Warriors and that expanded line for game two. Well, maybe these comments uh, help attribute to that. They looked, you know, they had more grunt. They had more physicality. First quarter, we looked like deer in the headlights. Very disappointing. I thought we were very prepared physically and mentally, but I was mistaken. He also said that uh, unless Dra- or Danny Green can uh, grow to Kevin Durant's height, they have no chance of stopping him. So when the coach doesn't think they can win, yeah, that might affect the uh, betting lines. All right, Ralph. So, I don't know about that, man. I, hold on, I'm, Ralph. Hold I'm, on, I'm, Ralph. I'm not going crazy on Mr. Negative Pop after a bad loss. Here's my question, Ralph. Did you hear me give a best bet on the Spurs? No, no, no. I, I'm just, I'm just, right, you know, well, you, you guys I were. Coming over the top. No, you guys <laughs> were we talking go, about Ralph. it. Challenging RJ. You guys were talking about it, and I'm just, you know, when you go through these comments and, yeah, right. and his statement, I mean, here, this is a. Did you watch the game? Yes. What do you think? Didn't. It didn't work very well. So we'll we'll have Danny grow four or five inches by Monday night. Uh, tell him to jump higher and move quicker, and we'll tell Kevin, "Don't be so good. Come on." 
There you go. Ralph might have, Ralph might have a point. Does the public react to something like that? No, I think the First pub- of all, the public hasn't even had a chance to bet on the game, though. That's the other thing, right? Well, the the lines, fact that it's come out at 10. Yeah. So, Well, no, it came out at 9 and went up to 10. Okay. So I think in general, the narrative is being fed by a coach seeming to be exacerbated. If anything, he's doing that for effect with his team. Like, do you really want to seem this incompetent that I have to answer questions this way? So I love that it feels like this series is over. You know, Warren Buffett says, buy when there's blood in the streets, right? You want to, real estate in that case, you want, <laughs> you want to buy teams at their low point, right? Even children understand buy low, sell high. Well, right now, have the Spurs been any lower in any playoff situation in the last 15 years? Probably time to buy them, especially if there's a schematic advantage, which I think there is because we talked about it without Curry. It's hard for Golden State to get a bunch of pace, and in a half-court game, the Spurs or even a quasi-half-court game, the Spurs have a better chance. So what's our conclusion on Game 1 with the Rockets and the Wolves? You were talking about Wolves' expectations and how the series number just exploded up to in excess of minus 2,500 in favor of the Rockets. Yeah, and we did check on the win total. You guys were pretty close to being right. It was in that 47.5 range. They won 47, so it slid under by half a game, but they met expectations pretty much. If you had a ticket and you lost, you don't feel that. But yeah, half game. Still, though, that talent... But so it seems like, Fez, you lean Houston. I can't lay double digits in the NBA playoffs. I know an old school batter. He's passed away now. This guy was as old. He was from the school. They tore down to build the old school, this guy. And, <laughs> little Hank Kingsley there from Larry Sanders. But the, <laughs> hey now. but the fact of the matter is he used to bet every underdog of 12 points or more in the NBA playoffs blind. And the history made it profitable. Obviously, we're not at 12 here, but it's hard to imagine there's value. If you're saying Houston minus 11 and a half, oh, gimme, gimme, that means you think the line should be what? 14? Eh, Should this line really be 14? I think it should be probably 12 and a half. So you uh, agreed, and we'll wrap with that. We lean Houston, but we don't want to lay it. Ready to turn our attention to a little college football? Low college football, baby. Right? We're going to do this every week. Correct? Correct. Okay. So we start out tonight with? Well, unless Brad has a total bomb, <laughs> then it'll be like, Brad's not feeling well. He's at the house. He'll be here. <laughs> or else. I have to get my college football fix. All right. I then. have to. So uh, we no, have, no pressure, bro. Uh, yeah. Leading in, we had spring games all over the country today. Yeah, 40 of them a nationwide. 20 of them on TV. I caught a couple, including R.J. Bell's alma mater. Ohio State had a nice spring Lousy game. Unfortunately, only, only fifty three thousand. I think it was. Yeah, well, weather a concern, but you know <laughs> the kidding. team up north <laughs> couldn't play in weather. They yeah. had to cancel their spring game. So Aww. yeah, they couldn't Poor handle Michigan. rain. Yes. Well, I'll go off on a tangent here before we get to the SEC. Must watch for URJ is the Amazon series All or Nothing on Michigan football. I think you're going to get a kick out of it. What's the gist? So it's basically hard knocks, and in this case, it's college football. They follow Michigan throughout last season. That doesn't sound fun. They they were losers. Who wants to follow losers? I think you're going to enjoy Harbaugh losing, and you're going to get my impression of Harbaugh. Have you watched it yet? Loser. No, I have Has not. he ever won anything? <laughs> well, he hasn't won in the Big Ten. Has he ever won anything? Well, he made well, a Super you, Bowl. Like, he didn't win it. So has he ever won anything? An Orange Bowl. That's it. No, no, no. Winning a bowl game is not winning something. <laughs> 
when you win something like the Ohio State University yeah. twice this century, you take home the national title. When you win something, let's say, in football, well... You win Super Bowls. So did he win any Super Bowls? No. Harbaugh, loser. <laughs> did he win any national titles? No. Harbaugh, loser. Let's move on. So you're going to watch it then? No. Okay, I guess Loser. Not. All right. Well, <laughs> Hashtag. There's a, conclu- have, <laughs> there's a conclusion. All right, you have your uh, top ten out. You're very early top ten. Really not that early. Three teams in the SEC are in. So at the top of the SEC, wholesale changes? Or are we going to see Alabama, Georgia, and Auburn as the teams to beat? No wholesale changes from last year. You start at the number one spot, Alabama, a team that's been favored in 111 of their last 112 games. Fully expect Alabama to be favored in all 12 games this year. They're at the top of the preseason top 10, followed by in the SEC, Georgia. Hold on a second. Let's talk about Bama. Yep. So that quarterback that came in, what's his name? Tua Tunga Viola. I think it's Tunga Viola. All right. I sounded more confident. Yeah. <laughs> well, I Everyone, listen. Everyone's got to get this. Listen, if you're walk- actually, I think everyone's just going to go with Tua. If you're walking up a hill with a bunch of rocks slipping, you walk slowly. I I yeah. appreciate that Brad was a little deliberate. About I said that. it so quickly, like you couldn't really tell if I was wrong. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Welcome to Mirage, Mister Papa Giorgio. But <laughs> the talk was, oh, this guy, this is. Finally, he's got his quarterback. Now, he was banged up a little bit, right, in spring ball. What's your take right now of how good of a quarterback is he? I think he's overrated. We're talking about one half well, of let's, the Well, let's define what he's rated. Right now, in the Heisman odds, are any Heisman odds out? Heisman odds are out. Where's he at? He's in the top ten. All a right. guy that's played pretty much a half of football, a meaningful football. And to me, that mark's overrated. We don't even know if he's going to win the job. Tua, and you talked about him being banged up, looks like he won't play in next week's spring game for Alabama. Jalen Hurts, the two-year starting quarterback, has lost a total of two games and was the SEC Offensive Player of the Year as a freshman. I think Tua is overrated. I think they split reps at least. But it sounds like Tua's performance, by the way, that is easier, (laughs) isn't even the key here because you're saying that he might not even get the job. He might get beat out. So where's Bama's weakness? Bama's weakness, I think, is, believe it or not, the coaching staff outside of Nick Saban. That's, you look at the coaches they've lost in the last three years. You start off with Kirby Smart, who's now at Georgia. He had a pretty good game plan against Alabama in the title game. Lane Kiffin's gone. Mario Cristobal's gone. Jeremy Pruitt's gone. That's all their best recruiters. And I'm starting to see uh, at least maybe a little bit of chink in the Alabama armor. Uh, Alabama armor. First time in a decade they didn't finish in the top five in recruiting. I think that coaching staff far weaker than past editions. You know, it's funny. I was I mentioned it, I think, once, but I had such a good time. I'll mention it again. Is on Easter Sunday, got the real opportunity to have dinner with the wives, with uh, Mike Lombardi. Uh, he's with the ringer now, but was Belichick's right-hand man uh, for a couple years and was with Belichick in Cleveland. And he said something interesting. He said, when we were hiring in Cleveland, we didn't want anyone with new ideas. We wanted people that could execute on our ideas, that Belichick felt confident enough even back then. So it strikes me, and I get that's a fun narrative, though. If you win the title last yeah. year and then the year before you're in the finals, it's kind of like chink in the armor. Where's the chink, right? It's like we're kind of trying to guess a chink, but 
it strikes me that Saban's going to – first of all, they can get whoever they want. Yep. I mean, when, not anybody, but when you have uh, Nu <laughs> from Ohio State where Belichick wanted him to be the D.C., correct me if I'm wrong, yep. and he stayed with the Buckeyes. Yeah, your Buckeyes have a much better coaching staff. But what I'm saying is when you can beat Bill Belichick out for D.C. at the Ohio State or at New England, you don't think Alabama pretty – there might be six or seven OCs in the country he couldn't get. He can get his eighth. So who do they have? Uh, promoted from within. Okay. Uh, and, and that's, that's the question that's, mark. That's him saying, yes. I don't need this disruption. Maybe he's going to get more involved in the offense. And if he does, that's a good thing. Maybe. Little deeper look at the Maybe. SEC. <laughs> a little deeper look at the SEC. Brad's got an overrated team and an underrated team. That's coming up next, right here. Straight out of Vegas, Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Straight out of Vegas coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. We got two best bets on the way from the guys in the wise guys chairs. Brad Powers and Fezzik. Brad's up first. We were talking about the SEC and the East. Georgia, the favorite to win the East again, but they're arch rival. Miserable season. Coach goes bye-bye. You bullish on the Gators. Very bullish on the Florida Gators this season. A team that won Florida four games last year. I think Florida this year can double that win total. So I think Florida's perfectly capable of winning eight games. Any season win total that comes out at seven, seven and a half, or even lower than that, hopefully I get something like that, I will be betting the over. Here's what I love. So anything below eight. Anything below eight. Eight wins, season wins, and just to be clear, doesn't count the championship games, doesn't count bowl games, and you can bet over under any of the Division One teams. And first thing I love is Dan Mullen, the new head coaching hire for Florida, inherits a very experienced team, 19 returning starters. Love the schedule. Not one, but two FCS teams. Easy start to the season. I like the Gators, again, to win eight or more games. You know where Jim McElwain is now? That's why you got to watch yeah. the All or Nothing Michigan. He's actually not in that because it was from last year. So you're just making stuff. I'm not watching that. I don't, <laughs> you have to watch it. No, I don't. They give the inside story on JT Barrett. Remember when he got hurt in the Michigan-Ohio State game? They give, no, they, actually, Listen, they we, actually they totally ignored it, which we, was one of the weird things about if the, Buckeyes, the Amazon series. If the Buckeyes don't win the title, we just move on to next year. Wow. Right? That's the way don't we, you want to learn about your enemies? I watch all the Belichick stuff They're, I they're irrelevant. I have a RJ Bell has a ton of enemies below me trying to pull me down. I, I look down, they look like little ants. That's a good point. As a Jets fan, I'm looking up at Bel- I'm looking up at Belichick and I'm like, wow, I really want to learn exactly. about this guy. Exactly. So I guess it is Belichick's the same. not looking down. All right, Brad, you know what we're gonna do because you're as obviously SEC so big. Next week we're gonna finish up the SEC and and do the Big Ten. Yep. So double shot next Saturday night, right here, straight out of Vegas, ten o'clock Pacific. To midnight, but now... Fezzik's got a best bet from the NBA. We held back that Boston and Milwaukee game. The Celtics are minus four. And we're going to bet the Boston minus four. Steve, we're going to do a coaching mismatch here. We got Brad Stevens, love Brad Stevens, up against Milwaukee's interim head coach, Joe Punty, who finished the year. I got a text during this show, and the text reminded me, Fezzik, make sure you also bet Boston for the series minus 160, where that coaching mismatch will really show over a seven-game period. So two bets, lay four, lay minus 160 for the series. So I'm confused. It seems like you could bet every game based on that handicap. 
You could. So are you going to bet Boston every game? If not, why in game one? I'm afraid that— And doesn't coaching get become more important with the adjustments throughout a series? There's certainly adjustments, but I think coaching game one is one of the most critical times, and I also— Really? Because of the prep time? Absolutely. I, I'm going to give a little look ahead here, best bet. This is a bet. This is a triple best bet as we finish the show. Next Friday, Boston's at Milwaukee. I have no idea what the line is, but it's going to be market price, right? Check this out. The worst of any playoff team at home is Milwaukee. Milwaukee at home this year, 13-26-2 against the spread. All 16 playoff teams, Milwaukee's the worst home team, 13-26. and 26. The very best road team in the NBA amongst all the playoff teams, the Boston Celtics, 27-13. and 13. So you've got the best versus the worst. I don't think the market accounts for that. So I'm looking at Boston in Game 3 next Friday. We did three hours and didn't get it in any NFL. We have to, like, 10 seconds on Des Bryant. Des Bryant, addition by subtraction. The market's probably going to move just a smidge, but I think they're saving that salary cap money, which means they can spend it on something else, more valuable, and they didn't even offer Des a reduced contract. They wanted him out of town, addition by subtraction. Do you guys think there's going to be a big market to land him? Because I don't. No, but he'll be a good second receiver. Jonas Knox is on the way. We're back next Friday, 11 o'clock Pacific, right here. Straight out of Vegas on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more.